Today's the Sunday of the prodigal. You know, I said last Sunday, when you uh, hear the the music about the publican and the Pharisee, and when when these things start to come, you know that Lent is on its way. Now next door, they're well into Lent. This year, we're five weeks behind. You know, I I wish we were all in the same time, but that's not even in the ballpark right now. We're getting ready for Lent. We still have a couple of weeks to go before we're there. The problem is that very often we get to Lent without having made any preparation at all, and frankly, Lent's boring. Two things generally happen during Lent for most Christians, most Orthodox Christians. Number one, you don't do anything differently from what you normally do. Or, number two, you do try to do the fast, you try to come to the services, But frankly, it doesn't go very far. I mean, many times you say, well, I just endured it. I I put up with it. I did the stuff. And you get there to where you get to Holy Week and you get to Pascha. And it's almost boastful. You say, well, I did it. Well, you just did it. (laughs) When you say that, you just sort of lost the whole reward. Now, what we're doing is we're getting ready for Lent. Last Sunday, the publican of the Pharisee. This week, the Sunday of the prodigal. Do I need to tell you that most of us, if not all of us, have been in a far country for the last year? I don't really think I need to persuade you of that. Frankly, if spiritually speaking you don't feel like you've been living in a far country, you're probably spiritually dead. And that's why you don't feel it. I rarely meet a Christian of any persuasion, who doesn't say, I have great desire in my heart, I want more of a spiritual life, but I simply can't find it. What is wrong? What can I do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can arise and go to your father. That's what you do. You know, you can take this parable. I don't don't know how many times I've preached a sermon on this parable. A hundred 200, I don't know, it's a great one. You've got to be careful when you get to parables. Jesus did not intend that every little nitpick has some very specific meaning. And people have gone nuts trying to make everything in the parable mean something. What Jesus meant by this parable is you need to repent. To whom was he speaking? Well, I'll tell you who the, the people to whom he wasn't speaking. Jesus didn't go to Rome and say to Caesar, you need to repent. He didn't go, I don't know, to Cairo and say, you need to repent. He went to Jerusalem and he said, you need to repent. More specifically, he went to religious people and he said, you need to repent. The story of the prodigal son that we read today, that was read in the gospel, this particular story has to do with the repentance of good people. Not heathen, good people. Folks, we drift. I'm your main drifter. I can drift so quickly. You know, I've been doing something in the last couple of months. We're getting ready to finish this Orthodox Study Bible Old Testament. 
and I've had to read about half of it and go over it for the final reading of it and making a lot of changes. And the thing I'm more impressed with than I've ever been before is how quickly God's people could leave him. In months, in weeks, they could leave him. I mean, after some incredible deliverance and wham, they're off worshiping idols again. Within days sometimes, it just doesn't last. It wasn't that they were such bad people. It's that they were like we are. No, they're like I am, weak. Do you ever feel that? Do you feel you're spiritually weak? Well, what do you do? Well, I'll tell you what you do. You say, okay, I'm going to get it together. I'm going to go do it. Now I'm going to change my ways. Now I'm going to be what I ought to have been all the time. You know, you just doomed yourself to another failure. (laughs) How many times have you tried it? It didn't work, did it? And it won't ever work. That's not how repentance towards God works. What repentance towards God is, is number one, you end up in the far country. Number two, you waste yourself there. Number three, you end up with nothing. Number four, you may be in the pig pen, but not getting to eat what the pigs eat. Number five, you sit there and you say, have you, ever, have you ever been in a pig pen? And let me say, how many of you have actually been in a pig pen? I have been in many pig pens. My father was a minister to several rural congregations. I watched my dad butcher a pig one day. <laughs> I've been in the pig pens. I mean, they're, they're not really very nice. They, their reputation is well-deserved. I mean, they're grunting and they're grousing around and, and they're not paying much attention to you. They will eat anything. And here they are eating and here you are Now, folks, look, I've been in a pig pen. I have never wanted to eat anything that a pig was eating. Not even close. The pigs were eating what I didn't want to eat. He's sitting there. We sit there and we say, I would like to at least eat what they're eating And no one even gave him that, or no one even gives us that. This is what sets the stage for repentance. So what do you do? What good would it have done the prodigal son, what good it would have done that young man to sit there and say, well, I really messed up, and now I'm going to get my act together. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start living a better life. From now on, I'm not going to waste my substance in riotous living, as it said in the King James Version. What he did is he said, Whoa, my father's servants have all they need. And then he says this, and it's a very interesting statement. You know, we put an extra and in sometimes in the translation. It's two verbs in a row in the original text. Two verbs, first person singular, first person singular, future. Active indicative. I will arise. I will go. He doesn't say I will arise and I will go. 
that's okay, but he says, I will arise. I will go to my father. That's repentance. What had he done in the first place that had caused him all the problem? He left his father. So what do you do when you're going to repent? You're going to make a 180. That's what repentance means. It means to make a complete turn, a total change. He left his father. Wasn't it, even the wasting of his substance wasn't relevant. He left his father. Now repentance says, I need to return to my father. I will arise. I will go to my father. And then I will say, Father, I have sinned against you and before your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. As you look towards Lent, you know, there's only one thing that will get you ready for Lent today. There's only one thing that will get you ready. You know what it is, don't you already? You need to say, I will arise. I will go to my father. And I will say, I have sinned. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. That's how you'll get to Lent and make Lent a profitable time. That's how you make it rich. That's how you make it full. You don't make resolutions about what you're going to do other than, I will arise and I will go. I will arise and I will go. Can you do that today? The point of today is that what you do today is you make a decision. Don't sit there and say, Father John, that was sort of a nice little thing you did. If you should say that, then I've wasted my breath and you've wasted your hearing. The point is, you need to make a choice. It's just so simple. If you feel bankrupt spiritually, if you feel you have need, if you feel you've wasted your spiritual substance, then you need to just very simply say, I will arise and I will go to my Father. I want you to think that through. Can you say in your heart, I will arise? Now look, if you don't do it out loud, that's okay. But don't just sit. Don't just sit. Say, I will arise and I will go to my father.